Yes, so today, uh, last Sunday of the Holy Spirit series, um, and um, I'm going to be speaking about the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and uh, my, my dream really is, and we're seeing this happen before our eyes, that, that this is a church that, that is filled with God's Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit of God, and uh, you know, it's, it's so important to, to be a church like that. So I want to I wanna go with you to uh, John chapter 20. Um, there's a couple of verses throughout this, um, this message that I want to highlight to you. Um, because, you know, I, I just want to tell you more about the baptism in the Holy Spirit and how important that is for our lives and how we can actually receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit or be filled again with the Holy Spirit because it's crucial for our lives today. So John 20 verse 21, you know, Jesus, basically he, he rallies his disciples together uh, right before he uh, is taken up into heaven, and he says, he says this to them, peace be with you, and I'm sure he would have said shalom because he didn't speak Greek or English or Dutch or whatever. As the Father has sent me, even so am I sending you. When he has said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. I just love this. He says, as the Father has sent me, as the Father has sent Jesus, He's sending us into the world. We're going out with the same commission that Jesus got from his heavenly father. And we don't have to do this in our own strength. He breathes on us. He breathes on his disciples so that we can be filled with the spirit and can do this in his strength. Amazing. The question you may have is, didn't I receive the Holy Spirit at salvation? Yes, you did. But there's always more. There's always more available of the Holy Spirit for your life. There's an interesting story in the book of Acts chapter 19. Whoever read uh, the book of Acts chapter 19? Okay. A few of you. Okay. That's right. You at home? Chapter 19. It's a very interesting story. Paul is on one of his, the Apostle Paul is on one of his missionary journeys. And he decides to, to go to a place called Ephesus. Ephesus is a modern-day Turkey. I've been there. I've personally walked the streets of Ephesus. And um, so what he, he finds a couple of disciples there, people who believe in Jesus, people who believe in the Messiah, but he noticed there's something off with them. He noticed there, you know, that they really understood what it means to, to profess loyalty to Jesus, to, to make Jesus their Lord and Savior, their King, and, you know, they were serving him, but something is missing. So he asked him this question, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Here's their answer, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. I'm sure they had received the Holy Spirit at salvation, but apparently there's something more that Paul is talking about that these people could receive. Jesus said this to his disciples before Pentecost, and behold, I'm sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city, city of Jerusalem, until you are clothed with power from on high. I love that picture. Clothed with power from on high. As if you are wearing like this jacket. It's like you, you put it on, a jacket of God's power. This is a really good Old Testament picture that Luke here is repeating in his, in his gospel. 
it's like, well, this is what these disciples are can can experience and can receive. It's something that the Old Testament prophets and judges and kings also receive for their lives. We can be clothed with power from on high. My question to you this morning, are you clothed with power from on high? Many Christians today are living in an X-19 world. Yes, they have the Holy Spirit in their lives, but they're not filter overflowing with the Holy Spirit in their lives. And I want you to know that all of us, we can live a life that's filled with the Holy Spirit's power. The Holy Spirit baptism, baptism in the Holy Spirit is a normal and expected experience for every New Testament believer, whether it's the New Testament believers in the Bible or you and us today in this world here. The experience is for everyone. And some of us may be here or maybe watching online and we have not yet been baptized in the Holy Spirit. I want you to know that there's always more. Some of you are here today and you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit some time ago, maybe a couple of years ago, maybe many years ago. And I want you to know that there's always more. There's always another infilling that's available for you in your life today. Happened to the disciples, Acts chapter 2. They were baptized in the Holy Spirit for the first time. Acts chapter 4. They're filled again with the Holy Spirit's power. If it happened to the disciples who walked and talked with Jesus, I guess we need it too today in our lives as well. So I want to pray right now. Father, we just come to you, Lord, with expectation, expectancy. God, we, we just open our lives to you, Lord, and Invite you, Lord, to move in us and on us and to clothe us with your power, to fill us with your spirit, to baptize us with your spirit, God. Lord, we know that we cannot do this life on our own. And we need you to show up, Lord. God, touch us wherever we are, whether it's in this room or whether it's in our homes, and fill us with your spirit, Lord, in a powerful way. We ask that in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. And amen. So what's the purpose of the baptism in the Holy Spirit? I believe it is to receive power and anointing so that you can carry out your assignments in the kingdom of God. That you can successfully live out what it means to be an imager, a representative of God, to bear his name, to, to represent him well. And I, you know, when... When, when we want to have that anointing, that anointing comes when, when we seek the presence of the Lord and when his power comes upon us. It's an anointing that is there for each and every one of us. And I truly believe that wherever God sends us, he anoints us. You know, when you're a mom or a dad, Father's Day today, right? He anoints us to be the best dad or the best mom in our, in our home. When we're a son or a daughter, same thing. When we go to our schools, he anoints us for the assignment that we have in that school or in our business or in our workplace, in our neighborhood. Wherever God leads, wherever he sends, he anoints. And the baptism in the Holy Spirit is not the same as water baptism. You know, when, when we get water baptized, it is a profession of loyalty to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We basically say, hey, I don't have any other king in my life but Jesus. He's number one. You're basically saying to the Lord, 
that you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and you know that everything else will be added to you as Matthew 6.33 says but it's all about having Jesus in the center of your life that's what you profess that's what you demonstrate with water baptism and in fact it's not only a demonstration to Jesus it's not even just a demonstration to our family and friends it's a demonstration also to the principalities and powers the, basically the evil forces of darkness who are real, very real in this world. We can see it easily. And it's, a, it's a demonstration to them that you don't belong to them anymore. You don't belong to darkness anymore. You belong, belong to the light. You belong to Jesus, to the King of kings and Lord of lords. So that's what we demonstrate through baptism, water baptism. And then Jesus comes on us with his Holy Spirit baptism, which is something that we don't do ourselves. It's something Jesus does. It's something God does. He fills us. He wants to fill us. It's an infilling that takes place when we open our lives to God without reservation and ask him to baptize us, to, to immerse us still overflowing in his Holy Spirit. It's like every area of our life we basically present it before the Lord. It's like you have this, this old closet. We're moving. We're in the process of moving. And I'm so surprised what we have in our closets. It's like way too many, many things. And some things will we'll just... Throw them away. We'll, we'll bring it to the dump. Other things, they go to the uh, recycling store. Still other things we take along. There's other things that we give away. You know, there's... But, but, but God is like in this moving process that we're in. And, and he's asking... He's inviting us to open up all these cupboards and everything that, that doesn't belong to him, that it comes into the light so he can fill it with his spirit. He can fill it with his presence. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is a second encounter with the Lord in which the believer begins to experience the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit in his life. I don't know about you, but I want to experience the Holy Spirit's supernatural power in my life. How about you? Yeah? We all want that, right? We all want his spirit to be, be active and at work in our lives. So you see this glass here, right? It's empty. So what happens when we get saved, the glass Basically, it's full. Holy Spirit is, is active in our life. But when the Holy Spirit, when we get baptized in the Holy Spirit, you know, God gives his spirit without measure. This is what happens here. There's just so much water, so much water of the Holy Spirit coming on us that it overflows to the people around us. The people around us will see that we're filled with his spirit. They'll see there's something different about us. There's an excitement to serve God, to, to be a part of his family, to, to be on mission for the Lord, to, to love him and to worship him, that everybody around us will see that there's something different and they want it too. They may not say it, they may not recognize it at first, but I can guarantee you they want it too. He wants to fill you to overflowing. He wants this to happen to you and he doesn't I stopped I had to stop because I have to preach but the Lord wants to keep pouring and pouring and pouring every day every day so the Holy Spirit is a is a gift that is received by faith and I've talked about this before the word the Greek word for faith is pistis and the interesting thing about this word is that it's so much more than just a rational acceptance of a fact it's so much more than, oh, yeah, yes, I know Jesus died on the cross for me, and I know he rose from the dead. I know he poured out his spirit. And before that, he rose to heaven, obviously, and then he poured out his spirit. I know that. Faith is so much more than just knowing that. 
Because there, there's a Hebrew um, context behind this Greek word. And the Hebrew context is, is faith is actually a, uh, yes, you, you, you understand it with your brains, but you, it's, there's also a disposition of your heart, a, a, a loyalty, a faith that you put in, tr- in the Lord. So it's this, you know, this response thing to, uh, to what he has done for us. It is so much more than just a rational acceptance of something that happened 2,000 years ago. No, we, we declare loyalty. We pledge loyalty to the King of kings and Lord of lords. So we receive it by faith. We receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit by faith. Lord, I want this. I trust in you. I, want, I know that you have the best for me. Give it to me, Lord. How did you receive salvation? Also by faith. So in the same way we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, and I'm telling you to, to seek an experience. No, we're not... I'm not telling you to seek an experience. Seek the Lord and leave the experience up to him. But also, don't be afraid of an experience. Because it is a, you know, a powerful encounter that we can have with the Lord. It's a supernatural thing that God wants to do in your life. So there is an experience that's tied to it. But we never seek the experience. We seek the Lord and he will give the experience. That's how it works. So what to expect when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit? First thing is this. The Holy Spirit baptism grants us boldness for the mission, for the mission of Jesus as we fulfill his mission. Jesus said this, Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and all Samaria to the ends of the earth. I'm not going to talk about the ends of the earth and I talked about it a couple of weeks ago, how uh, what happens here in Acts chapter 1 and 2 is actually the uh, reversal of the curse of Babel, where, you know, all these different uh, languages kind of came into existence. It's really important to watch that if you, if you weren't there, if you didn't watch it uh, before. But there's power that God wants to give to us. Power. And the Greek says here, uh, uses a word, dunamis. And I think we all know this word and recognize it from another word that's dynamite there's a dynamic power that that comes over your life when we get baptized in the holy spirit it's a dynamic power you and i need to have luke 24 49 jesus explained that these disciples will be endued they will be clothed with power from on high like a garment like a jacket there's always more even if you're like the, the person that is the most filled person with the Holy Spirit, if that's ever possible, there's always more. There's never a lack of the Holy Spirit's presence and power for your life. I love this. This is what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 1. And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom, For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my message were not plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. I think this is so interesting because... Paul was one of the most learned men in his time. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He studied the Bible. He knew everything about the word of God. Everything. 
Still, he says, I don't want you to trust in God only because of the words that I bring. Eloquent words, maybe, or maybe not. I want you to want it to rest on the power and presence of, of the Lord. I want you to experience it for yourself. And then the teaching and everything else will start to make sense to you also. And this is what the church needs in the West, you know. And we've been guilty of this. I mean, I love this building. It was built in 1923. I love the lights. I love the screen. I love, you know, the worship teams. I love great preaching. I love great kids ministry and all these other elements of church ministry that we have here in the West. We're privileged. I'm so sad we can't even, can hardly use it with this whole Corona deal. But does our faith rest on the experience we humanly are able to create here in this building? Or does it rest on the power of God that is displayed here? That's one of the reasons why we made this big shift in the last couple of years. Desiring more of the Holy Spirit in our services. Inviting the presence of God Having altar calls, allowing people to really, you know, dwell, you know, dwell there where the Lord dwells. We long to see the Holy Spirit at work in our midst. Because that's, in the end, that's where our faith needs to be. Not in the, the, the secondary things which we sometimes make the primary things of our faith experience. In fact, everything that we do, it can actually distract from the power of God. And I want to be real careful with that as I lead this church forward. We all need to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. The second thing that the Holy Spirit does, it facilitates emotional healing and freedom. We have a fuller experience of emotional healing and there's a, there's a breakthrough. There's a, there's a freedom that God has for us. Level Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, he says this, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. What is he saying here? He's saying here that, that we are a new creation. The old stuff, the things we used to do, we don't do them anymore. Or we don't have to do them anymore. Because there is Holy Spirit power available to us to actually live a new life. Not in our own strength anymore, but in God's strength, in His power. And there's, sometimes there's patterns that we struggle with in our lives that we have to kind of undo. We have to untie it and we have to kind of, you know, break the ties with that. That's why we have things like the freedom course. That's why we have the disciple course. Right, Eddie? You guys are doing this. That's why there's great books out there, like Dr. Henry Cloud. He wrote this book called, um, here's the title, Changes That Heal. Almost had a, had a different title in my mind. Great book, because what he's explaining, we all need grace. We need God's grace. If, if it weren't for his grace, we would all be consumed, right? Because we all make mistakes. We need grace. We need um, truth. Truth, you know. We need to have a mirror of what our lives look like. And then we need to have time. We need to allow for time. When you, when you talk to a person that just became a, a Christian, don't expect them to change overnight. Yeah, with, with God's strength, with God's power, it's possible overnight. I've seen this. But you also need to give them time to let the Holy Spirit just you know, show them the things that maybe 
the Lord wants to change in their lives. For me, it was really necessary. When I got saved back in 1995, can't even imagine it's been 25 years this year. You know, I was a pot smoker. If people would have told me that it's wrong to smoke marijuana, I would have probably just left right away. But it was the Holy Spirit who, who started to say this to me. And I knew that I had to make a decision here. I needed the time from my fellow brothers and sisters in the church and also their trust in the Lord that he would deal with me that this change would come in my life. And it happened. Thank God I'm no longer a pot smoker. <laughs> my wife is really happy about that. <laughs> I can tell you. A touch of the power of God through the Holy Spirit can bring victory. Satan's dominion is broken. And you're able to walk in a new level of freedom. Here's another one. The Holy Spirit baptism brings another dimension of intercession and worship. You know, we become one spirit with the Lord. First Corinthians six seventeen speak about that. And, and then, you know, when we become one spirit with him, you know, there's this prayer language that the Lord wants to give to us. And uh, it's, it's like, it's, we call it tongues. It's a, it's a language that people don't understand. It's a language, unless you have the gift of interpretation, but it's, it's, a, it's a prayer language. And we become mighty warriors, you know, through our prayers. Because it's a language that the Lord understands, but the devil and the principalities and powers, they don't understand it. God does. And we become like real strong prayer warriors. Huh? Just amazing to see how, how that builds us up. First, uh, Jude 1.20 says this, But you, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. Other translations, which are closer to the original text, actually say, Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. You know, we need to pray in the Spirit rather than just to come up with our own agenda that we pray for. We need to understand God's agenda. And we can only have God's agenda on our own heart if we're one with Him. And that's what the Holy Spirit does when we get filled with His Spirit. Fourth one, the Holy Spirit baptism restores an intimate relationship with God as Father and reveals his unexplainable love. This is amazing. Romans 5.5, 5, God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. God's love has been poured out in our hearts. Could this be a, the description that Paul gives here about the baptism in the Holy Spirit? That when he comes on us, the Holy Spirit, we experience kind of like love in, in a whole nother way, a whole nother level. Could it be? Here, Galatians 4, 6, 7, I believe, explains the same experience. Because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his sons into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you're no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, an heir through God. It's like we, there's a spirit of sonship. We know that we know that we know that we're children of God. That we're sons and daughters of the Most High God, that we, we have this identity rooted firmly in Him because of what the Holy Spirit does in us. 1 John 4, 18, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Perfect love casts out all fear. You know, just living in this world in 2020 with the COVID virus and other stuff happening and you don't even know what's happening sometimes. 
There's a lot of fear there. I've noticed with myself that I've become more and more fearless in the midst of this situation because of the Holy Spirit's doing. If we get filled with his love, there's no place for fear anymore. Yeah, the fear of the Lord, which is a positive thing, but not the fear of situations and sicknesses and, and, and bad economies or whatever anymore. God has got our back. We know we can trust him. We know that he is our Lord. We know that he is our king. And we know that he wants to pour that love out in our hearts. He wants to fill us with his spirit, with his love. I love this quote from uh, Charles Finney. It's actually a description of, of his own Holy Spirit baptism experience. I want to read this to you. The Holy Spirit descended upon me in a manner that seemed to go through me, body and soul. I could feel the impression like a wave of electricity going through and through me. Indeed, it seemed to come in waves and waves of liquid love. For I could not express it in any other way. It seemed like the very breath of God. I can recollect distinctly that it seemed to fan me like immense wings. No words can express the wonderful love that was shed abroad in my heart. I wept aloud with joy and love. And I do not know, but I should say, I literally bellowed out unutterable gushings of my heart. These waves came over me and over me and over me, one after the other. That is the experience that this man of God had. It's an experience that looks different for everyone, but it's all there for us. No matter what it would look like for you, we're, we're, we can all experience that Holy Spirit baptism in our lives. So the question I want to end with, I got five quick points for you. So how can you and I receive a Holy Spirit baptism for your life? Or how, how can you and I be filled again with the Holy Spirit if you've experienced this reality before? Here's the first one. Have a prepared heart. Have a prepared heart. Prepare your heart through repentance. You know, when the day of Pentecost happened in the, in the city of Jerusalem, you know, disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit. They go out into the streets. Peter stands up. He says this to the people who were listening. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repent and be baptized. Prepare your heart through repentance, through basically a, a switch, a radical switch of loyalty from whatever you've been loyal to in your life could be dead religion. It could be your career. It could be some other religion, you know, some other faith. And God is asking you to make a switch, a radical switch to him and him alone. Second thing you need to keep in mind if you want to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit is remove the barriers. Remove the barriers. Sin or unforgiveness and pride and fear, but also doctrinal hang-ups. Sometimes we've been so conditioned with the church tradition that we came out of, you know, and it doesn't even matter if it's a traditional church or a contem more contemporary church or a spirit-filled church. Sometimes we are, are, are pictures of who the Holy Spirit is and what he wants to do in your life through the Holy Spirit baptism are just wrong. And we got to search the scriptures. We got to be rooted in the word of God and understand what the Bible says, truly says about this experience, those doctrinal hang-ups, we need to 
Lay them aside. Don't let anything keep you from this awesome gift that God has for you. Third one is hunger and thirst for more of God. Hunger and thirst for more of God. Psalm 42, verse 2 says this, My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. My soul thirsts for God. Psalm 143, verse 6, I stretch out my hands to you. My soul thirsts for you like a parched land. Psalm 63, verse 1, O God, you are my God, I earnestly seek you. My soul thirsts for you, my flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Here, Isaiah 43, verse 3, I will pour out water on the thirsty land. How many of you are thirsty land? Streams on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon your offspring. I'm a blessing on your descendants. Here this one, I love this. Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. This is Jesus' own words. You may wonder, what does, ha- what, this ha- what does this have to do with the Holy Spirit baptism? I'll explain you. Very simple. When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, the love of God that is overflowing in us compels us to establish His righteousness, His right ways in the earth. Kingdom come, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, injustice, we, we will have a, we'll have a hard time accepting that when we're filled with the Spirit. Not to become some kind of like social justice warrior or something like that, no. You become a kingdom warrior because you want to see God's right patterns established in the earth. And you're not going to be, you know, you're not going to jump on anyone else's political agenda, but you're going to jump on God's kingdom agenda. Because, you know, in, in God's kingdom, there's no place for racism. There's no place for, you know, injustice. And like some people get treated really well, somebody else gets treated really poorly. There's no place for that in the kingdom of God. And what God wants us to do is establish His right patterns, His just patterns in the earth. So let the ecclesia, the church, be the new world in the midst of the old world. That's what He wants. His kingdom come. Fourth guideline is to simply ask. Simply ask the Lord to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Don't pray if it is your will. Too often we do it as Christians. Lord, if it is your will, do this or that. No, no, no. This is God's will. Lord, it is your will for me to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So I'm asking, I'm pleading with you, Lord. Fill me with your spirit today. I need your power. I need your spirit in my life. I need you to show up, Lord. I know it is your will. Tell the Lord that you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, that you want to receive the gift of tongues and other spiritual gifts because he wants to give good gifts to you. Jesus explains himself, Luke eleven thirteen. If you then, and he's addressing people here who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, most parents do, right? How much more will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? There's no shadow of turning with the Lord. If, if human fathers give good gifts, 
or receive good gifts from their kids on Father's Day, whatever. No, our God, he wants to give good gifts to his kids, just good gifts. Fifth one, last one, receive by faith. Receive by faith. Just like you receive salvation, you can receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Whatever you ask in prayer, Jesus' own words, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. It will be yours. This is only if we pray in agreement with the Lord. This is really important for us to, for us to get because you could take this text and say, well, you know, I actually want a 5 million euro home. I actually want to have this Maserati. I tried it. It didn't work. It didn't. Because apparently it wasn't God's will for me. And actually, I didn't even find it somewhere in the Bible. But there's enough things that the Bible does say about the things that God wants to have for us. And when we start to pray in agreement with the Word of God, with the Bible, actually God is going to hear your prayers and give you what He's promised in His own Word. Get in agreement with Jesus. Get in agreement with the Holy Spirit. Get in agreement with his word. And I know that he will give what you need. And the baptism in the Holy Spirit, it is his will. He wants for all of his children to experience this this first time baptism in the Holy Spirit and other subsequent infillings because we need his spirit in this world. We need his spirit. So receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit by faith and again faith the word pistis means loyalty we really it's not an addition to our lives this is the the most important thing God is the most important thing we crown him as king over our lives and when we become we submit to him when we submit to our king we become part of his kingdom when we are part of his kingdom he wants to give us that kingdom power he wants to give us that power but we could all stand in the house of the Lord at this moment. Because I believe God wants to do something powerful today in your life. But we could all raise our hands as, as a sign of surrender and, and receiving to him. And maybe there's some of you here today or those who are watching online that, you, you know, when you're honest enough, you, you would say that, You know, you've never really professed loyalty in Jesus. You never really crowned him as king in your life. You never really gave him the throne of your life. Maybe you've moved away from from loyalty to him and you've started to go your own way in your life. And I believe God is calling you back to him. He's calling you to fully surrender to him, to fully submit to him, to really make Jesus your king. Not just your savior, not just your good shepherd, but your king. That another thing I'm, I'm going to pray for is for all of us. You know, those of us who have never received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, for God to come on you with his power so that you could be a, a good kingdom representative in the world, represent him well. And if you you've, have received it, that he will give you another experience because we, we all leak. We need the power of the Spirit in our lives day after day after day. So we're going to pray right now. Father, we come to you at this moment. We want to say to you right now that we surrender to you, Lord. We surrender our lives. We want to submit to your lordship, your kingship. There's no other king but Jesus. And if that's you, and you've never professed loyalty to him, or you've wavered, you've moved away from that, 
Just say it in your own words right now. Lord, I proclaim you as my king. I put you on the throne of my life right now and I denounce every other king, every other priority in my life so that you are number one right now. If that's, if that's a decision you made right now, this is what salvation, that's what salvation starts with. You know, a, it's a change of loyalty. You become part of his kingdom. Jesus is your king now. And I want, want to pray for all of us to receive another touch of the Holy Spirit or maybe a first touch of the Holy Spirit. Father, I just want to pray for every person in this room, every person who's watching online, Lord, that you would fill them with your spirit till overflowing. Just like that, that, that cup, Lord, that was filled to the max. Now, Lord, just pour so much water of your spirit on us and in us, Lord, that we will overflow, that the people around us will see who we, who we are in you, Lord. That they will become jealous, Lord, of the amazing things that you do in our lives. And we also want to have some of that themselves, Lord. Father, fill us, maybe for the first time, maybe for the tenth time, maybe for the one hundredth time. It doesn't matter, God. You want to fill us. This is your gift, Lord, for us. This is your Father's Day gift to us, to your children, God. And we want to lay hold of it in the name of Jesus. We want to lay hold of it in Jesus' name, God. Thank you for just coming with your anointing coming with your power, your dunamis power, Father. Clove us with power from on high, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Even at home, let's give the Lord a hand.